Eternal Father, we just want to bless you this morning for gathering us in your presence. Father, we have come to worship you, to give you thanks for the many things you have done for us. We have also come to you to be instructed. Lord, we pray that this hour you speak to us as individuals and as a church. Help us, O God, to understand your word more than we have before. Grant that the Holy Spirit will cause the word we will hear today to bear fruit. That the world we live in may see our impact and influence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to once again thank the chaplains and the church council for the opportunity to be here once again. I count this a very rare privilege to share the word of God with you. I hope and I believe that God will bless all of us today in Jesus' name. I believe the team of the church at this time is very apt because as we all know and as we see every day our world is in darkness and our world is decaying. Yeah, we may be making advancements technologically and in many other spheres, but spiritually and morally, the world is decaying and decaying very fast. If we come home, we need to look far to see the degree of wickedness around us. The unmitigated shedding of blood, the kidnappings, which I understand that even young people have joined, as young as 5-15 years, are now taking part in kidnapping. We see that immorality is everywhere. It is now unfashionable for a young teenager to say that he doesn't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Everybody has a boyfriend or a girlfriend. If you say you don't have, that means you are a Jew man. And what do they do? They live in immorality. So bad that we have reached a stage in our lives where it is difficult to know what is true and what is false. Facts do no longer exist. Everything is now gray. There's no white. There's no black. 
that will give you an idea of the degree of darkness that we are in. Professor Sozo can come to me now and tell me that he's a girl. And I have no reason to say he's not right. Because if I do, I'll be practicing hate speech. Reverend can also decide that he has been a man for a very long time, that his female body has been trapped into the wrong body for so long and needs to liberate that female body. That's where we are. Wickedness. We have reached that point where Paul spoke about in the book of Romans where natural desire has been replaced by unnatural desire. Women lusting after women and men likewise. But today we are asking ourselves do we really blame the world all alone? For what is happening. Where we read in the gospel told us this morning. That you are the salt of the earth. And the light of the world. In that passage Jesus declared our purpose for us in case we have forgotten. The reason for our existence is to be salt to the earth and to be light to the world. So if the world is decaying, the question is where is the salt? If the world is in darkness, where is the light? Where? That is the question that we need to ask ourselves. It's not enough to say that those people are not doing the right thing. How about us? That are supposed to show the light. What are we doing? This morning. We will try to look at salt. The qualities of salt. And the functions of salt. And see how we fit into that. In our. Death. And dying world. In our world. That is in darkness. Uh, in chemistry, we are told that salt is as a result of a neutralization reaction between acids and bases. As Dr. Anna knows, both are caustic, both acids and bases, and they can cause bonds. But when they come together, they form salt. 
which is not usually caustic. That's why it's called neutralization reaction. That reaction is said to be an exothermic reaction. So the environment in which the reaction takes place feels the impact of the reaction. So to become a salt, there needs to be a reaction. The reaction requires man's interaction with God, in which there is a transplantation of hearts. The old heart is removed, and a new heart is given. Anytime that happens, there is heat in the environment. People notice. Everybody around you will know that something has taken place. That heart transplant. Salt, ordinarily, when it is pure, is either colorless or white. In fact, in action, you don't see salt most of the time. When it is in action, it's invisible. But something that is clear is that its influence is always recognized. Whether you are seeing it or you are not seeing it, if there is salt, you will know. That is unlike light. Once there is light, everybody sees that. But with salt, you can walk quietly, but your influence will be seen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So when Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, who was he addressing? Those who have had the reaction they, I talked about, that operation that is performed by God. Because the scripture said that when he saw the multitude, he went to a mountain. And when he had sat down, his disciples, disciples are those who are taking that step of having that first reaction done. The surgical operation only performed by God himself in their hearts. So this address is to everybody under my voice who has heard this. If you have not, uh, we will discuss it at the end of the day. What you need to do. But if you have, God is trying to use salt this morning to tell us how we ought to impact the world in which we are in. I also learned that salt is very stable. Especially the prototype of salt, which we all know, 
sodium chloride, a table salt. Sometimes people call it common salt. It's a very stable substance. Very reliable. Very faithful. Very fidel. You can trust salt. And that is why in the olden times, some covenants were sealed by salt to demonstrate faithfulness on both parties, fidelity, and perpetuity. You can see Numbers 18, 19. That was the covenant between God and Aaron. It was a covenant of salt. God also had a similar covenant with David. Second Chronicles chapter 13 verse 5. Another covenant of salt. Where the two parties pledged to be faithful. One to the other. And to remain in that covenant in perpetuity forever. So salt is faithful. That is why when Jesus said you are the salt, he's saying otherwise that you are expected to be faithful, reliable, trustworthy, dependable. If you enter into an agreement with somebody, the person can go home and sleep. Even if he's not there, he says, brother, you can draft the agreement. He will be able to trust that you will do the right thing. But when, how many of us are doing that? He said, we see such as opportunities to favor ourselves. To leverage on the ignorance or weaknesses of others. You are the salt of the earth. Salt acts by presence. By direct contact. For salt to act either on the food, the meat, the fish, or if used as fertilizer on the soil, or even when it is used as a disinfectant, whatever purpose you are going to use salt for, the salt must come into contact with the substance with which it's going to work. So, if we are the salt of the earth, we must be in contact with the earth for us to impact the earth. And that is why God has located us variously in different parts. We are not all in one bag. Because if you have salt in a bag or a container or even a salt shaker, that salt has potential but is not acting. It can carry that potential and be thrown away. It is only when it is applied 
that it can function. So, where you are, as a trader, as a teacher, as a lecturer, as a nurse, as a doctor, that place you are, God, as sort, has put you there so that he can use you and rub on the earth that is around you, in your family, so that they will feel the impact of salt, which you are. That's why sometimes some of us don't understand the principle behind people gathering in one place, secluding themselves from the whole world, so that sin will not reach them. It's not according to scripture. We are supposed to interact with sinners. But we should be different from sinners. That is why Jesus prayed. He said he is not asking his father to take us out of the world. We should be there. But he should prevent the evil. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, where God has located you may be terrible. That's the point I'm making. You don't like it every day. You see iniquity. But he wants you to be there. Until your impact is felt. And I can tell you that you are not the first person that had that kind of experience. Lot did. God located Lot in Sodom. The Bible says he was a righteous man. Second Peter 2, can read 5 to 8. He was a righteous man. Can somebody read verse 8 of that Second Peter 2 for us? That righteous man dwelt among them. So Lord was in Sodom. And he was there. Not because he was comfortable. He was not. As you will see in that verse, yes? Tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Praise the Lord. So you can be in a place where you are being tormented. The question is, what are you doing as salt to change the situation? You want to run away? You want to relocate? That is not an option. Salt acts by presence, by contact. Let me just quickly add that clustering is not also God's idea. Allowing all the salt to gather in one place and stay there so that there will be no sin. <laughs> you know, when you have a big bag of salt that you have kept in your kitchen, it is almost useless until you start using it to apply on food. Sometimes you may need to share it to those who don't have so that they will have salt. That is when the salt becomes useful, isn't it? 
So God is not encouraging clustering. I know we come into the church, we are very happy, you don't want to go. Great, that's wonderful. Refueling, that is what I call it. But after refueling, you need to go out and operate. Praise the Lord. Maybe where I should have started is our salt is very valuable. Uh, in, in our society today, we may not appreciate how important salt is because everybody has salt. Everywhere you have salt. It's one of the cheapest things that anybody can buy now. It has not always been so. At the time Jesus told his disciples, you are the salt of the earth. Salt was there. Salt was a very scarce and precious commodity at that time. Remember, even to today, salt, salt is essential, basic to life. Uh, those of you who did physiology and medicine, you know that it's, sodium chloride is important in hemostasis. Sustenance of life. Sorry, if you are an engineer, you may not appreciate, but they, they understand what I'm saying. Salt is so important that at that period, people located their places based on the availability of salt. Civilization was influenced by the availability of salt. People had to gather and settle where there was salt. And some of the cities are still there up to today, like Liverpool, Salzburg, Salt Lake City. These were cities that people settled in and started growing and multiplying because of the presence of salt. Because salt was very important to life and living. I also learned that salt at some point was used as a means of exchange. In Ethiopia, in Tibet, they use salt blocks as cash to pay for goods. Even in Rome. And that's where the expression, not what my salt, came from. So if you see a, a slave you want to buy, and you don't think the slave will be useful to you, say, no, it's not what my salt. I also understood that Roman soldiers were given allowances or paid allowances with salt. Called in Greek salarium, which I had is the origin of the word salary. So it will give you a, an idea of how important salt was at the time Jesus was saying, you are the salt of the earth. He was just saying, you are very important to the earth. You are very valuable. Sometimes people want to make us feel that we are worthless. That we are of no use. Christians. 
And some of us tend to allow that to affect them. No. You are very valuable. Invaluable, in fact. Remember, we are purchased by blood. More precious than silver and gold. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But the issue is, are you still really very important? That's the question I think we should be asking ourselves. Assault, in my own environment now, how important am I? Are the people around me still, if I'm no longer there, is there anything they are going to miss? Or will it be just like that? We read about good works in the epistle. Is there any good works you are involved in that people will miss when you are not there? That is part of how to salt the earth. Do something that others cannot do and not doing so that people will see your good works and not praise you but give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And in that, we need to be deliberate, intentional. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Salt is, of course, we all know that salt is a universal seasoning. Job 6.6 asks the question, can that which is unsavory be eaten without salt? Of course, we know the answer. Can that which is unsavory be eaten without salt? We have all agreed that the earth has become very unsavory. So staying there here is pain. If we have to continue to be here, waiting for our Lord, we need to salt the earth. You need to impact your environment. It's not just that salt makes food tasty. Salt also brings out the taste in the food. That is why when you are eating good rice, well-cooked rice, you know it's rice you are eating. Because salt has helped to bring out the taste of the rice. Jollof rice, whatever rice. If you are taking obono soup, you will still know it's obono soup because of the effect of the salt. It doesn't change the original test. It brings out the best of that test for you. That's how God has positioned us to bring out the best of everybody that we are in contact with under our sphere of influence. Bring out the best of the people around you. But you see, some of us live in such a way that actually we bring out the worst of people. We are like vinegar. Very sour. No test. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In Luke chapter 14, verse 35, Jesus 
mentioned two applications of salt. He said salt is applied to the land and salt is applied to the dunghill when it is still salty. To the land for what? To promote growth of the things that are desirable as fertilizer. So when salt is put in the land, it promotes what is good. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. The same salt, when you apply it, now that dung here represents, I think I met it as a young person growing up in the village. You know, we, we, our people were doing open defecation. You just gather, there was a fence somewhere made of raffia, just enter the defecate. After some days, you see a heap of human excreta. That is a source of disease, can be a source of epidemic. This was also happening at the time Jesus was talking. And the way to prevent that epidemic is to disinfect that human excreta by pouring salt. So if you poured salt, you disinfected the human excreta. Till today, we still use salt to clean wounds. Normal saline. It's probably the best agent. Dr. Anna uses water too. To rinse wound. So salt is a disinfectant. When you have a smelly environment, very odorous as we are in now, I'm sure every one of us is worried about the state of this country. People who have opportunity to live want to live. There is so much corruption. There is so much insecurity. You can't sleep with the two eyes closed. You don't know what will happen the next minute. You run a danger, a risk of known and unknown gunmen. You can just come out. You don't know whether you will go back to your house. It's a terrible situation. But that's why we are here. Salt of the earth. To change this situation. By being salt. Nothing more. Just be salt and allow yourself to be applied to the situation. Praise the Lord. <sighs> Jesus himself at some point talked to his disciples and he said, Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. I, I had to read that chapter to try and understand why he was telling them that. Number one is that the presence of salt promotes peace. But more importantly, he had to tell them to have salt. 
Because before that statement in Mark chapter 9, they were quarreling over authority and positions. We don't impact the world by the labors we carry. They were quarreling who is first, who will be last, who is number one, who is bishop, who is archbishop, who will be this one, who is professor, and who is a cleaner. Those titles are irrelevant in this matter. What you need is just have salt in yourself. Hallelujah. We also saw that salt is a purifier. Second Kings chapter two, nineteen to twenty two. Somebody should read that. Second Kings chapter two, nineteen to twenty two. Second Kings chapter two. Yeah. Verse nineteen. And the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord seeth. For the water is not, and the ground barren. 20. And he said, Bring me a new cross, and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. 21. And he went forth unto the spring of the waters, and cast the salt in there, and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed unto this day, according to the saying of Elisha, which he spake. I don't know the situation you find yourself in that is making life unpleasant. The men of this city noticed that their city was a, a good place to stay in ordinarily, but the water was not. And the water was causing death and barrenness. They met Elisha for help. What did Elisha ask for? Salt. Salt to heal barrenness. Salt to clear the impurity of the water. Whatever it is that was poisoning people and leading to death, what he needed was salt. Salt. I also took note of the fact that in that passage, he said the salt should be put in a new cruise, a new container, undefiled, uncontaminated, without spot, for effectiveness, for efficacy. I also noticed that he didn't just pour the salt into the water. He went to the source of the water. He took time to go to the source of that water to pour the salt. And after doing that, he declared that the water was healed. And it was healed till this day. One, God is looking for salt in a new cruise that he will use to heal your situation. Some of us are salt, 
But if you see the container carrying us, nobody can look at it, not to talk of touching it. There is so much impurity, so much death, so much defilement. We have so defiled ourselves that we have gotten used to defilement. After all, every Sunday you gather here and they will confess our sins. We need a new cruise. Salt of the earth. Salt also creates tests. Creates tests. So we should also create tests in people. A desire for godliness. A desire for righteousness. I understand that in the North Pole, in temperate climates, sometimes they use salt, particularly in winter, to melt the ice so that there can be a pathway for people to move. So you can, salt, the presence of salt can bring revival. I'm just asking myself, which of these ones am I really carrying out as salt? Which one? Am I creating tests in people for God? Am I bringing revival in the lives of people? Which of these functions really am I performing as salt of the earth? Salt, we all know, is a preservative. In those days, there was no refrigerator. There was no technology, really. Particularly in winter, when the sun wasn't that much. They needed to preserve fish meat with salt. Even in scripture, certain offerings were offered with salt. And I imagine the purpose is to provide what will be used to preserve the offering. That the people were bringing. Leviticus 2 verse 13. So salt was a preservative. Something that helped to secure food. When it is not immediately needed. So that it can still be useful. Better. We play the same role as children of God. In fact, many have said that the world has not been destroyed because of us. I hope you are included you know, in the us. Because of our presence, the earth is still preserved. But are you really part of those preserving the earth? What quality does God look for when he wants to decide which place should be destroyed or not? Genesis chapter 8. 18. Twenty to thirty-two. Genesis eighteen twenty. Somebody can read that. Or can... And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now. And see whether they have done all together according to the cry of it. 
which is common to me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence, and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near, and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be fifty righteous men within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Peradventure there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Wilt thou destroy all the city for lack of five? And he said, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. And okay. he spake okay. unto Okay, read the thirty-one, thirty-two. Thirty-one. And he said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peradventure there shall be twenty found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for twenty's sake. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. Praise the Lord. What was God looking for? Huh? Righteous men. Righteous men. Righteous men. It is the righteous men in the city that preserve the city. God was looking for righteous men. Nobody should delude himself in believing that righteousness is impossible. It is not true. In every generation, God leaves himself righteous men. There may not be many, but they will always be there. Noah was a righteous man in his generation. And when you read Genesis chapter 6, that generation is just like our own generation. There was wickedness everywhere. Every thought of man then was wickedness. How to do evil. How to go against God. That God himself regretted creating man. It was that bad. But even as bad as it was, there was righteous Noah. Noah kept preserving the earth until God put him in the ship. The flood started. The rain started. Righteous men. In Sodom, God promised Abraham, if I see ten, ten righteous people, ten, 
And of course, Abraham had to stop. If I were him to, I would have stopped earlier. Abraham knew the condition for sparing a city, for preserving a city, was righteousness. That's why he said, ah, the God, the judge of the whole world cannot destroy the righteous with unrighteous. He knew. And he kept asking until he probably was convinced or he was probably ashamed of continuing that there will be at least ten. So in his mind, Sodom would be spared. But sadly, they were not up to ten righteous people in Sodom. Hmm. Only one man was declared righteous, found righteous in Sodom. And that was Lot. One. Again, one. Actually, that I also learned something from Lot, from Noah, and even from the scripture. Most of us that are moving around are still here because of the righteousness of those who are close to us. If God removed them, you are gone. The children of Lot, nobody said they were righteous, even the wife. But because of the righteousness of Lot, they were protected. The same with Lot, the wife, and the two daughters were protected. And Paul said somewhere, if the unbelieving husband, if the wife stays, the believing wife stays, with the unbelieving husband, there will be some covering for him. So don't think that um, if you are not righteous, be very grateful to the righteous people around you. Because they actually may be the, the reason you are still alive. You should be thanking them every day. All right? But more importantly, you should join them in becoming righteous. But there was something that Lord didn't do, which may be also our own undoing. Lord was righteous. But Lord didn't bother about winning others. Lord didn't do that. If he bothered, he didn't do it effectively. Because those angels say, do you have any other person here? If he had, they would have been saved. He went to his uh, son-in-laws. I say that, I don't mind this. These people have also. Every time. See, eh? this earth has been here before your great-great-great-great-grandfather was born. They are telling me it will be destroyed. Mm, nah. Arrest. My resident said something like that to 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 me on a, the Friday or Tuesday during World Round. Ah, chief, that these things you people say. So I say, ah, 
you are just part of the fulfillment of scripture. Because they said, when these things will happen, that uh, there will be mockers like you. Who will say things have been, that things have been this way all along. Take out time to impact people in righteousness. Please do. That's how we can save this earth as the salt. Take out time. Witness. Pray. You don't convert people. But you can impact them. By the way you live. By the word you preach. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He was also a doer of righteousness. Let us copy them and follow them. Finally, I will conclude by looking at swords that has lots of saltiness. If salt loses its several, Jesus asks, with what will it be salted? You know, earlier I said salt is a very stable substance. It's not easy for salt to lose, lose its savour. It can last for a very long time. But Jesus knew what he was talking about. Otherwise he wouldn't say that. It is possible. What readily comes to mind that can make salt lose its usefulness is Contamination, adulteration. You know, salt can be mined from salt rocks. Those rocks contain other minerals, including sand. So if you have a lot of sand with the salt, there will still be some salt, but contaminants with the salt. Nothing destroys the testimony of a believer as contamination, as impurity, as sin. Nothing. When you start trying those things you have been condemning, your saltiness evaporates. When you talk, people say, ah, okay, You know, there's a popular gospel artist now that is going through this, this problem. I mean, people have side cheeks all over. People, nobody's talking about that. But he was singing for God and then had a side cheek. And now it's in the open. I'm sure he's not finding it easy. Because he has taken down his Instagram page, his Facebook page, because he can't stand the comments. Unless he didn't repent in the first place. That's the only way he can continue easily. Don't play with your testimony. Don't play with your faith. Contamination. That's why the Bible says we should not be conformed to this world. 
It is by conforming, copying, trying to be, emulating. That's how we get contaminated. By loving the world that we had left. That's how we get contaminated. And once that happens, your effectiveness is gone as such in the world. Uh, maybe you are here. You have done that before. You escaped. You know, you had lived in adultery. Nobody knows about it. Maybe you are here. You have fornicated so many times. People don't know. One day, be careful. Your sin will find you out. And it is difficult at that point to be restored as sought. That's what Jesus said though. He asked the question in three places in scripture. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. With what will it be sorted again? Finally, I want to talk about the one I consider the extreme of loss. Pillarization, that's my word created by me. <laughs> Pillarization of sorts. Lot was a righteous man. God saved Lot and his wife from the burning flames of Sodom. But the wife looked back. And the scripture said he became a pillar of salt. Remember I told you that for salt to work, it had to be spread and made to be in contact with the surface. The pillar is useless. It's a monument. People come and look and learn lessons from it. But beyond that, it's useless. Don't be a pillar of salt by backsliding. Shall we pray? I just want you to take this moment and uh, speak to God. You are the salt of the earth. You. You. Not another person. It is you that are the salt of the earth. How are you fulfilling this role as salt of the earth? Just speak to God. Maybe you are not even salt yet. That heart transplant that needs to be done has not been done. It's an opportunity for you to make peace with God this morning. By inviting Jesus into your life. Telling him you are sorry about your sin. You want a change. You want a new life. Talk to God also. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, that we-